This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. So today, I'm super excited about my guest, uh, someone I just met recently and who like blown away with what Nicholas is doing. So this is Nicholas Barely, and he is the CEO of a company that I think has a really cool name. It's called The Billion Dollar Body, and it might not be what you think it is, but I'll let him explain that. And he was actually also just named Top 30 Under 30 entrepreneur um, in the top, like that's incredible for from the intensive, like it's amazing. And so welcome, Nicholas. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Annie, thank you so much. I'm so excited to jump into some things that makes me sound really cool, but obviously we're going to be pulling back the layers and showing some of the things that we all struggle with. Me as a businessman, people that are high performers are typically going to be the one that are listening to podcasts anyway. So I'm just assuming that everyone out there wants to do something bigger and greater with their life. So because of that, they either want to quit drinking alcohol or have a dependence on you know, some different substance, whether it's alcohol or something else. We consistently have to do this with all different types of substances, but obviously one of the most popular is alcohol. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's just everywhere all the time. So um, let's back up and why don't you just give like some of your story. I, I think your story is fascinating. I'd love listeners to get to know you a bit. So I was always a high performer. So maybe someone's out there like you want to be the top of your class, you want to be top athlete or, or whatever it is. I've always noticed that, you know, a lot of times we find different avenues to kind of express ourselves. My first place was being the youngest kid in the world to start racing bicycles. My dad helped me do that two years old. I was very uh, impressed by myself, though I can hardly remember it. Four years old, I started racing motocross, motored bicycles, basically. And I, I decided I want to be the best motocross racer in the world. Uh, around 12 years old though, my dad taught me something really awesome, which was if he had a weed whacker and a lawnmower, he would never be able to go broke because he'd always have something to do. Like he could always go out there in every single economy and go make an income. So he taught me something really good. And I went out there and started a business in that area, which was my like first dip into making my own money. I had a couple thousand dollars saved up and we did really, really well. Uh, from there, though, life went downhill really quickly for me. My dad and I had a big falling out. And at that point, uh, I realized I was never going to be the best in the world at motocross. That really made me depressed. Through that, I started going through dependence on video games. I started going to dependence, which is still really popular, actually. Guys like getting app games and all this different stuff. It's crazy. And then from there, going to dependence on food, I gained 60 pounds. I lost all my vision for my life, which is a common theme. And so all these different things, these external manifestations of graduating high school, the 1.8 GPA, being 60 pounds heavier, having no girlfriend for seven years, those weren't necessarily the problems. Those were external physical manifestations of something that was going on inside of me. And that's the thing is like me being overweight, was that a problem? Not necessarily. It was the actions that I was taking that got me to that state. End of story. And the things that were going on inside of me that got me there. So from there, I invested in my health as my number one asset, which is partially why we created Billion Dollar Body, having the number one asset be yourself, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Because if you are operating at 60%, you'll never accomplish 100% of your destiny. And then from there, I attracted my ideal wife, which was amazing. I was like, I was investing myself. I felt good about myself. I, I felt like uh, I had vision. I had purpose again. I connected my father again. And then from there, I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to live my dream life? Like, what are the ways that I can get to where I want to be? And I think this relates so much to uh, alcohol, codependency, and all these different uh, subjects that really fit together in one, one thing is that knowing what are the things that I'm doing today that are not going to help me get to where I want to be. 
and Xing those out even before I figure out the things that actually are going to get me where I want to be. And I was really good at going, these are the things that aren't going to help me. These are the things that are going to help me. But I obviously had some uh, hiccups along the road. And now we're obviously helping men, businessmen, uh, achieve their highest state of power and confidence to be able to serve better, lead better, and be a great influence on the world. Oh, that's so cool. So for you, you know, you're in this state of mind where things are kind of falling apart. You've lost your vision. You had this passion and drive to just be the best at everything. And then all of a sudden you're not there. What was the turning point for you? Going back or the first thing that made me feel terrible? Uh, let's, let's talk about both. So the terrible one was my father. Uh, so my terrible one was my father at first. Uh, I would say that it, like defining moments happen after lots of things have happened. It's just like that one moment finally tips you over. It's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. So the first thing was that like I was already feeling depressed. I was already feeling down. I was already feeling less than my parents were already divorced. Like uh, all these different things that were weighing on me. And the last thing was that I, my dad telling me that I wasn't going to be the best in the world at motocross. And I was like, cool, I'm done. That's the last thing. The straw that breaks the camel's back made me go into this depression, made me feel like it was okay to give up on life. And I took his advice for my life as the okay to give up on my life rather than my own advice. The thing that changed it forever was one kid who came to school with a meal plan when I was a senior in high school. And he had an exact step-by-step -step plan to get a result. And that to me was dumbfounding that I could follow something and get a result that was going to give me better performance, that was going to give me purpose. There was a reason why I was doing it. Because as we know, that everything that we do is either done to increase or decrease our status. Like, is this going to increase or decrease our status? And a lot of times with alcohol, especially, we think that quit do, like quitting doing it is not going to increase our status enough to make it worth it, to push us over the edge. Yet people see when they take your 30-day alcohol challenge or something, like, Literally having that community gives you this prestige where you feel like, oh, this is increasing my status. Like I can do this. But how do we recreate that all the time? So that's how everything started for me was life changed in a moment. But obviously there's little things that happen up to this point. And that's what I hope that this show will do for people is that this is the show that life changes in a moment for them, even though there's been many things up to this point to get them to listen. That's so cool. And I mean, I love that like, so literally somebody came to the school with a meal plan, like, this is what I'm going to eat because I want to be healthier. And you're like, wow, I could just be, that's, that's incredible. And I think you're so right that there's always this series of pre things, but then it is instantaneous. Like all change does truly happen in an instant. I love what you say too. And just your whole like ethos of the entire company is that, and we just don't look at this. It's ridiculous, but your, your body and yourself, like that is your number one asset. It doesn't matter if you want a relationship or you want happiness or you want lots and lots of, of success and, and financial gain or whatever it is, like if you're not taking care of this. And so, so often just making that connection, like wait a second, actually starting to take care of this will, will open up all sorts of other avenues. And it all starts with a why. So I work with some of the top businessmen in our community. And the reason I work with businessmen first off is because women already want to live this life. Like women are already smart enough. They're already taking five diets a year. Women are already wanting to invest in success. They already want to show up to events. They already want to go to personal development. The majority of churches are filled with women. Like they already want to do the right thing. Men are typically the ones that are a little bit behind the curve, uh, but they have this ambition to go out there and draw this like crazy power and influence. And, and men feel great in a leadership position. And I want to make sure that it, with that leadership position, they're giving the best uh, type of leadership possible. So with that, it all comes down to why. 
at the end of the day, what is not drinking alcohol? What is not eating this food? What is doing this work going to do for me? End of story. It's all result-based. If anything in your life that doesn't have a big enough why that you do is always bound to fail. And I learned this from my mentors that I've had a mentor that's a Navy SEAL for the last eight years. And this Navy SEAL mentor uh, gets asked all the time, did you ever have any missions, you know, objectives that you did as a Navy SEAL where you didn't know why you were doing it? You just got told what to do by the government and you had to go out there and like execute on this stupid plan, but you didn't know why it was too secretive. And then he was like, never. Because if we didn't know why we were doing it, what the objective was as a team, we would never accomplish that objective. There's so many other objectives that we would come up with that's totally different than just that key mission. And so with that, I realized that knowing the objective of why you're doing something, getting clear on the outcome, what is this going to do for me? So I know that when I'm building my business or when I get on the show, that it's taking time it's taking energy. I'm recovering from a massive sickness, but I know that in return, I'm going to be transforming lives. And so that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about the time and energy and all the money invested in my education that I, that I did to get here. Nobody, nobody likes the process. Nobody likes the process of detoxing. No one likes the process of getting healthy. No one likes the process of getting off alcohol. No one likes the process of, of any of this, building a business, going to med school, right? We talked a lot about a lot of doctors that are here. No one likes med school if it doesn't make you become a doctor who then has great income and can make a big impact that fulfills those altruistic needs and fulfills those needs to serve. And so ultimately, even when it comes to all these different things, every single thing that we look at when it comes to transforming our life, let's look at what results is this going to give me? And is that better than what I have? And that's what I actually love about the church is that it's looked at so wrong sometimes when it comes to like, we should give. Giving's not fun by itself, but we get told that when we give, we get something better in return. And so you want to make sure that every single thing that you do when it comes to sacrifice, because even when it's detoxing from alcohol or, or reducing the consumption, it's letting go of something that feels good. Like in the moment, it feels good. But is that giving up, giving you something better in return? Yes or no? And then take action. End of story. But if you're taking action blinded, it's always going to be a result of failure. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important because so often, and obviously if you're listening to this, you've already kind of crossed that threshold, but so many of us just walk through this whole conversation asleep. Like I know I did for more than a decade of not even getting to the point to ask, you know, because there, there is something I heard last week and it was like, well, how do I know if drinking is a problem? What do I need to change? And the question we really should be asking is, you know, how, how do you know that what you have is good enough not to change? You know, is it bad enough that it's a problem? Well, let's not ask, is it bad enough? Let's ask, is life good enough? You know, are the hangovers good enough? Are the, um, the lack of relationships or lack of connection because you're constantly, you know, not really present when you're drinking? Is that good enough for you not to look at this? And if we start looking at it that way, I think it's really powerful. So one thing that we like to look at is power and confidence. And so uh, when I look at uh, getting a result, that's one thing. Let's say you do 30 days, no alcohol, and you do it really well, and you do it because of the challenge. But you don't really know why you did it. You don't know the process of like how you did it. Because how I look at power is a way that you can not only create a result, but you can create it over and over again. And so when I look at that, I always look at like, how, what are ways that you can empower yourself every single month, every single week to do things that things don't have power over you, but you have power over it. Where you're making the decisions, it's not making decisions over you. We look at money in this way. They say like uh, the, 
money is the root of all evil, right? Like the, the love for money, meaning that money controls people rather than the people controlling the money. So money makes them make decisions every single day. And one of the things that's looked over the most is most people make every decision in their life based on money, based on is this a good deal or is this a bad deal? Is this discounted or is this not discounted? That's still money controlling their life. And so when you can make decisions based on what's the best decision to make my, move, my life move forward, whether it's with money or whether it's with alcohol, whatever, whatever it is, looking at the way that you can make a decision and not let that thing call you, right? We talk about it with food a lot. It's a great example. People leave like one meal a week that they can have whatever they want, right? It's like the cheap meal. It's like a big fad. The whole point of this is that they say no when they want something all week and they choose to have something one time a week. It's more for them. It's more for this up here. It's not for anything else because if they crave something and then they go and do it, even though they said they weren't going to, it breaks trust with themselves. Mm -hmm. And what I love about commitment is commitment means to do what you said you were going to do after the feeling you said it in is past, something our guys live by. Meaning that when they make a commitment, they follow through with it even after they don't want it. So let's say they take the 30-day no alcohol challenge because I think it's the best example. And on day three, they're like, oh my gosh, like I have the biggest meeting ever in my life and they were going to drink alcohol. You know, like this, I might as well just drink there. All of a sudden that breaks not only a commitment to the community, but it makes breaks commitment to yourself. The easiest commitments to hold are the ones like Annie and I have right here. We're going to do this show at this time. We both committed to it. And if I don't show up, she's going to know that I didn't show up. And then I'm going to feel bad and I'm going to look bad. Easiest way to follow through. But also, it's the, uh, the thing that actually is like that everyone actually does. They all show up to meetings. Like most people can at least follow through on that. Now, the commitments that you want to follow through the most are the ones where I tell myself that I'm going to do something at this time. Because if I don't do it, I end up breaking trust with myself. What this does, it's scientifically proven that when you break a commitment to yourself, you have a 15% higher chance of breaking that commitment again to yourself, meaning that becomes a spiral roller coaster that becomes almost impossible to stop. So no wonder why it's been so tough to break this bad habit. And why I like talking about habits is because people can write this down. First, you create a habit of not drinking alcohol, not drinking as much, not emotionally drinking, not drinking when you're down, not drinking when you're sad, right? All these different things. First, you create the habit, then the habit creates you. So first, it's always going to be you working hard to create a habit. After you create that habit, that habit's going to shape your entire world. But knowing that some of the practical things that I did when it comes to food, when it comes to discipline, is how can I make sure that I'm not grabbing something that's a vice that's making me feel better when I need it? when I feel sad. I'm not going to drink when I'm sad. I'm not going to drink when I'm alone. I'm not going to drink when I'm uh, angry, right? Like, because ultimately at the end of the day, money, love, uh, power, drinking, no matter what it is, any external influence is just going to amplify the state that you're in. And so like uh, my friend had, a, and hopefully this is okay for the show, but my friend used to say all the time, he's like, drinking doesn't make you happy, right? It amplifies your state. But like things can make you more happy. It is true. Like there are times where you can celebrate, like even Jesus's first miracle was turning water into wine for a, uh, for a wedding. Okay. Like even this guy knew the right time and place for certain things. And I like to keep that, uh, there as well. But when it becomes this habit where you feel like you consistently have to do something because of ritual, right? You created a habit and now that habit's creating you. 
how can you break the habit? And we're actually doing with our guys this month and, and, and actually next month, we're actually doing a 30 day no alcohol challenge before our live event, just because it's a way to be able to break up the routine to show that does this have power over you? Because ultimately, if you can't stop, that means that that thing has power over you. Yeah. And I think that's the crux of it, right? Like, am I giving away my power to this? Because we didn't start that way. We started in the, in the driver's seat. And this was something that was a tool that we were using, um, you know, and then eventually we found ourselves, I know I found myself in the passenger seat and I was being for a ride that was ending in a very bad place. And I needed to get off out of that out of that car before it crashed because I had absolutely handed the reins over. And I think you hand the reins over when you start, when you take it out of that, you know, once in a while celebration and you start to use it to self-medicate. I think that's pretty definitively when you say, okay, I'm not strong enough to be a mother on my own. I'm not strong enough to be the executive I need to be. I'm not strong enough to run this, this business without this crutch. And I need this in order to deal with stress, in order to deal with parenting, in order to deal with whatever it is. Um, that's, I love that. I, I took a lot of notes from what you were saying, Nicholas. That was really, really good. Uh, so do you have, I know you're, you just said you're, you're having all of your kind of guys go through this. That's amazing. Do you have any advice for the audience? You know, if they're thinking through a big change like this or just habit change in general of how to, how to look at something like this to get the best traction. Yeah. So I, I've noticed that, uh, like how you do one thing is how you do everything and things usually affect each other. I like to break things down into principles for our men because they don't need a longer to-do list. Like how do I stay sober? How do I stay fit? How do I stay successful? How do I have a good relationship? How do I have good communication? Like we can all break these things down into principles that work. So there's obviously principles like um, that we use in all these different areas, whether it's business, whether it's the relationships, whether it's their food, uh, all the way down to like masturbation for guys, right? Like it's just, it's like a big subject. So, uh, one thing that they can do, right, is like, don't stay up late by yourself, right? It's like, that's really easy to do. That's like something practical that everyone can do. And so what's very interesting is like when we go into people's houses and they have junk food, let's say, in the house, it's so easy to get it. Yet if it's out of the house, it's very easy not to have it because it's not worth the struggle to go get it from a store. So literally, if I just make it that much harder to get it, all of a sudden, they don't even want to do the thing to go get it. One also practical way of making it harder is saying to a friend like, hey, we're going to be accountability partners every single day of this month. And every time that I take a drink, I have to give you $100. So every drink costs you 100 bucks. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, I would never drink if, ever, if alcohol was 100 bucks a drink. Like, okay, that's all that it takes to get you to stop. You know, like, <laughs> so awesome. really that hard. So a uh, little practical thing. So when I look at food, I like to look at the same thing with alcohol. It's like, look at your environment. You're a product of your environment. I've noticed that uh, kids, they don't learn. Everyone wants to learn how they can learn quicker. And I, I actually brought in a guy to teach our community uh, named Jim Quick, who works with people uh, like famous actors. Uh, he's worked with some of the top actors in the world with like uh, the top sets. I could go through names, but I, it's, uh, it's a lot of them. And basically... I was trying to get him to teach me how to learn quicker. Like, it's funny because his name's Jim Quick, but how do I learn quicker? Like, he's a memory expert. He's a brain expert. And the number one thing that it came down to was your social environment. It wasn't your neural networks. It was your social networks. And so you learn through the people that you're around. And we talked about this a little bit before the call that I was in a community where I, I loved everything about those people. I wanted to be as successful as them. I wanted to be as giving with, as them. But I realized that they always celebrated with alcohol. I don't even think they actually liked alcohol. They just thought that everyone else did. 
And through this process, I started catching things because some things are better caught than taught. And so I started catching things from them that I just like didn't even notice. And I noticed that I started doing the same thing with my community. And I started drinking like <coughs> for fun with my staff. So you're always going to be a product of your environment. So look at the people you're around and are they living a life that you want to live? If they're going out to bars and they're drinking and going at stuff all the time, it's going to be very tough to be able to break out of that mold. But if you clear everything out of your house, start clean, ha surround yourself with people that aren't living that lifestyle, that are, are living a life that you want to have, then all of a sudden you'll realize that that transition is really easy because whatever the community around you honors, that's what you start honoring. Meaning that if you're in a gang, you will beat people up and steal to feel like you're accepted into that gang. Now, if I place you into another environment where giving and making an impact is the way that you get recognition, then all of a sudden you'll start doing that selfishly to be able to get attention. Now, no matter what, it's selfish, but I'd rather you give and create an impact with your skill set selfishly than go out there and beat people up and take their money and do all this stuff. And it's all a product of the environment that you're in. So I'd use the practical tools. I use the practical tools of accountability, meaning what is your reward for doing the right things? And what is the repercussion for doing the bad things? And that's always going to be different for each person. And figure that out with your accountability partner. If you're scared to do this, then that's when you should do it the most. If you think you already know what to do, that's the best time to learn. John Wooden says the best time to learn is when you think you know it all. And so same type of thing. If you're like, but if I have an accountability partner and I fail, and every day I fail, that's going to be $3,000. Yeah, that's going to suck really bad the first month until you quit doing the thing that's holding you back. And also figure out, if I keep doing the right things, what will life be like? And if I keep doing this thing that I hate over and over again that's got me here on the show, that's got me to read Annie's book, if you haven't got her book yet, go grab it. Like, what, whatever got you there means that you want to live a different life that's higher and bigger than what you're doing now. Even if you have already been crushing it, you know that still consistently learning is the thing to do to stay like true to what you're doing. LeBron James practices free throws, practices three-pointers and dribbling, the simple things over and over again to be the best, highest played player in the world. So no matter what, you know you want to take it to the next level. So with that, make the commitments today while you're excited from the show, while you're excited from Annie, while you're excited reading her book, make the commitment then of what you want to do Make an accountability partner to help you do it. Set up the environment to make yourself successful. Don't have drinks right there in front of you and blah, blah, blah. Set up an accountability partner with something that you get a repercussion and a reward and go after it. And if you don't like the commitment that you made, don't worry. You can always remake a commitment in 30 days. I, I learned this from Navy SEALs as well. I once watched a Navy SEAL walk his dog. He got on a skateboard and he decided he was going to walk his dog around the block. He went off the curb on his skateboard, face planted, and his whole face was bleeding. And I watched him get up and finish walking his dog before he washed off. Because he knew so deep down inside that when he made a commitment to do something, he was going to finish it before he went and did something else. I saw him do it in a workout. He's really clumsy for some reason, but he did it in a workout as well. And I realized that when you make a commitment, follow through on it. Then decide next time if you want to make that commitment again. I think that's so, like, just not, I mean don't don't allow yourself to give yourself excuses like no excuses like decide that you're going to be the person that doesn't give excuses and i think what you said nicholas about um i talk all the time about cognitive dissonance and it's the same exact thing this idea of breaking that commitment to yourself like 
there's a very real cost there. And we talk about the cost of how internal conflict is some of the most painful conflict. And when you are living in a state of internal conflict, it is an incredibly painful state. In fact, you often drink to numb that state that you're living in. But then I love what you said too about when you start to do that, you have a higher and higher chance of, of breaking that. And you feel the freedom. You realize like when you're working, like I'm in the office right now, as you can see, and when you're working, you start thinking of the things that you could do after you get done to cure the uh, like immense pressure and anxiety and all these different feelings that you get when you're working. And I just recently did this uh, similar. If people want to do this as well. I literally didn't have any food for three days and just drank water and a tiny bit of coffee because I was like really still working hard, but no food, no calories at all. And during that time, the first and second day, I was so irritable and consistently throughout the day, I always thought about the food that I could eat at the end of the day to make me feel comfortable. Ever, like throughout the day, every day. And when I didn't have that there, I literally went into fight or flight. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do with my life if, I, if I'm working so hard and I can't go home and have this big, nice meal and make myself feel comfortable? And it freaked me out. And by the end of day three, I didn't even care if I ever had food again, to be honest. That's it was crazy. the craziest thing. And so the same thing with this is like, when you're at work and you're like, oh my gosh, like, the one thing that's going to get me through the day is that drink at the end of the day or that food at the end of the day or whatever it is that vice is. Whenever you can push that to the side and get through that little breakthrough, you'll realize that you end up having better stress management and just feeling happier throughout the day because you've had to feel, figure out a real way internally to solve the problem rather than externally. And I don't think external is always bad. I think rewards are great, but I know that they only last a second. And that's the problem. If you can always cure that conflict internally, i.e. through fasting, through uh, giving up something that's like making you feel like you need that, all of a sudden you're able to break that pattern and feel powerful. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think that often we are so afraid of that feeling. We are so afraid of the feeling of craving or wanting something and not letting ourselves have it because we've never actually let ourselves live through it. And, and, and once you live through a really intense craving or like you did for two days without food, three days without food, you go back and I survived. Like I, I made it. And the amount of power that gives you back is just incredible. So just so everyone knows, uh, I, I don't even know the day the podcast is coming out, but on Instagram, all Instagram every single day, Nicholas Barely, like that's my name. Uh, you probably see in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram and check my stories. And through May, I'll be doing it with you. Like throughout the whole month and I'll document the whole thing and I won't have any alcohol throughout all of May just to do it as well. Like not, not even a drip, like, uh, unless there, unless kombucha, like there's like that 0.02%, like, you know, don't, don't hold me to the craziest standard, but you know, not comfort drinking. And I'm going to business events. I'm going to a mastermind on Thursday, right? Right down the street, which is like a high level business event where I'll have like free drinks and everything. And I'll document the whole thing to go through the same thing. Cause I get that it's hard. It's hard for everyone. Like it's hard to be on a perfect diet. It's hard to do these things, but also the, it takes 90% of a rocket's fuel to break out of the earth's atmosphere. Knowing that when you build that momentum, like it only takes 10% from there on to get to like the, the moon, right? It's like from there on, like we're good. So I want to be able to help people uh, through leading by example, because it's a huge part of billion dollar brotherhood. It's like, we're living a life by example, not just through talk. 
because we learn through our social networks, not our, not our neural networks, not just from hearing what I say, but watching what I do, which is why I started drinking in the first place. And so even for me, I realized that like, I even need to take this more seriously again, because even though I felt like, man, this isn't, isn't working for me, I had to fill out a test and I realized like, oh, I drink three times a week. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, even though it's not a lot, it's still like, I never thought I would ever do that because for years, like I never did. My dad uh, drank tons. So because of that, I never drank growing up, never drank like all the way into my 20s, nothing. But then I was a product of my environment and now I'm realizing what if I'm the leader and I decide to set the tone for the environment and I guarantee you, if we all do this together, everyone's going to be jealous of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm so taking true. a challenge. That's awesome. And I love it too, because um, so many people have done it. They're like, and then my business skyrocketed and then all this stuff happens because the sooner, you know, the getting mindful of this at three times a week, it's, it's amazing. A, how much easier it is to really overcome it. But then B, just um, how powerful it is to take your power back from something that's like starting to make a little noise, but that isn't actually causing pain because it just demonstrates the level. I think you Nicholas hold yourself to, which is really, really cool. I'm really excited. Cause like I haven't had this community to do it with. Now I feel like it's going to increase my status. Like if we all do this, everyone's going to think we're so awesome. And they're going to be like, have you ever seen that? Like when you're at a dinner table and everyone wants dessert and you don't, and all of a sudden they're like, well, come on. Like, can't you eat dessert? Come on. I mean, why can't you just have a bite? Because misery loves company. Yeah. And so when people are doing something that they don't feel like they should do. If someone's not doing it, they feel like they're getting ahead, especially as a businessman. Like I'm always looking at someone getting ahead. If they're not eating a bad dish, I'm like, I'm not going to eat a bad dish either. Jerk. Like, gosh, you know, it's like, it's that someone's got to set that example and I'm really excited to do it with everyone. Yeah, I, I do. I have to say selfishly, I love that feeling. I love going to things and being like, oh yeah, I'll have my kombucha. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. really cool feeling. I'm, I'm excited to document it because everyone can see. I'll be like, hey guys, like look at all these people right here with all these champagne glasses and look at mine. I got a water glass and I still feel awesome yeah. and I'm going to be optimized and feel really good in the morning. That's so cool. And this is coming out on um, Friday. So perfect timing. So Perfect. very cool. So I'll be at a mastermind. So I'll be sharing, like I'll be showing. That's awesome. That's so good. We'll put your Instagram handle in the notes so that people can just follow you quick. Um, where can people find out more about you besides Instagram? If they're, they're curious about um, everything that you do and they want to learn more. Got it. So right now, if you're a businessman, meaning you're either inside of a business, really feel like you, you want that unlimited growth in your life, or if you currently own a business as a businessman, the best way to connect would be BillionDollarBodyLive.com. And that's our live event that's in June in San Diego. The second place is I actually have a Facebook group called The Billion Dollar Brotherhood. And in that, we have like a really unique way of making sure that it's like super high content worth showing up to, very high engagement. Almost every member in there is active every single week. And inside of that, if you just say that you're coming from this podcast, because uh, it'll ask you three questions, then you'll get accepted. And my uh, community manager, Tim, will reach out to you and make sure that you get connected. It's exciting. Um, but those two ways are the best way outside of Instagram. But either way, message me on Instagram. I'd love to connect, love to hear your story and make sure I like, help support. And also, you know, call me out if you're like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? And make sure I'm living a life that's worth modeling. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And just quickly, one more question before you go, because I, I alluded to it in the beginning, but can you explain the billion dollar body, like what the, the name stands for and means to you? 
Yeah. So it means so many different things. Like it's, it's literally the biggest play on words that I've ever heard because body means community as well. And in that we're building a billion dollar net worth inside of our community of business owners that are like that. Uh, from there, it also is billion dollar body, meaning that is your number one asset. And people always ask me, can you help me create a billion dollar body? And I'm like, no, I can't. Like what I'm going to do is help you realize that you already have one. And when you start treating your body that way, all of a sudden all your actions change because really like your body was given to you for free, which is the biggest problem that we have as humans is that the number one asset that we have in our entire life, the most valuable thing that we could ever have is given to us for free. It's kind of like if I were to give Annie a house that was $30 million, like nice house. And I show up 30 years later and she hasn't, fixed anything and hasn't kept anything maintenance. The whole thing's falling apart. How would I feel? I'd feel terrible. I'd be like, Annie, I gave you this $30 million house for free. You can't take care of it. And I would like, it would feel so sickening inside. And I feel like that same way, like we're put on this earth for a purpose. The fact that we can't take care of ourselves is like, we were given the number one asset that we've accomplished, that we feel all of our joy, all of our love, our all excitement, everything in our life that's good is felt through this body and is only able to be done by being alive. And yet we can't even take care of it. But when we switch our mindset and go, I have, I'm a billion dollar asset right now. Like I am a billionaire because I carry an asset that nobody can buy. You can buy girls, but you can't buy love. You can buy supplements and salads and all this stuff, but you can't buy health. Ask Steve Jobs. He would have paid a billion dollars to stay alive for one more year. And so ultimately it's creating uh, businessmen that are out there prospering in health, prospering in business, prospering in relationships that live a life that's worth modeling so that when they gain influence, when they gain exposure, because you will by living this lifestyle, that's our goal. People will actually model your life and model it in a way that's going to make them more successful. And that's what we help our businessmen do and always strive to do as well. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad I asked. That was so awesome. That was really Thank great. you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, Nicholas. I think this has been an amazing, amazing podcast and I'll definitely be watching. So, and I can't wait to see you again in person. So. Yeah, absolutely. Great meeting you. You too. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.